Back here with another episode. Of Don't leave to judges podcast here by my main man Patty Brooke. Let's go. Hey, yay! Wow, what a vacation we had, man. I'm sure you probably had a lot of fun. I got into a lot of shit. We'll save that for my own show instead of the show dedicated to MMA. We're not one of those shows that's gonna air out personal shit on here too. We're gonna talk sports, folks. That's it. Mostly just one sport, and it's fine. But what I wanted to start this episode with is very simple. Very simple. And it starts with something that I've told Sam, I don't know, probably during the time that we were we were taking our break. And I found this YouTube channel that is very informative, man. Informative on these pseudo-celebrities being fighters. And he does a great job. It's very thorough. I want to give a shout-out to that guy. I'm sure he doesn't listen to our show. Why would he? But he goes by Mixed Martial Academic on uh, YouTube. He started his channel in July of 2021. So it is a brand-new channel. But I told Sam, I don't know if I brought it up on the podcast, but I told him before about the Killer Shaw documentary. Very interesting. Um, it, it, it re, I don't know. I don't know what the re was for. Retard, it doesn't matter. It brought up TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sandhagen again in my head. And I'm like, that was TJ's essentially first fight back since all this nonsense, right? And he somehow beat our guy. And me and Sam can both vouch for the fact that uh, there's no way. He was losing the whole time. Look at his face in comparison. Even the shittiest judge would be like, I don't know, you look like you lost because of all the blood on your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but there's so many other good ones. And I had messaged Sam about this before we did the podcast about DC. And traditionally on this podcast, we target DC. He's he's the, the butt of many of these jokes, right? But then you find out he's actually been through some really, really tragic shit. Some real tragic shit. Some very personal shit and of course it's not i don't think that's his style to share that type of stuff to try and get sympathy because the man is still booed all the time and we still trash him all the time and it isn't good fun i wish him the best success i don't do that shit to try and take somebody out michael jackson maybe but that's about it but as far as dc is concerned he's he's doing a great job and he seems like a fucking uh, just a good guy and I think that what that that right there in itself is why people dislike him because he is just a fucking good guy. And you and me have both expressed this being fans of MMA as we don't want the good guy in this sport. It doesn't pay off. As you can see, people still think Nate Diaz is somehow a champion and the dude does nothing but lose. And yet DC has won championship after championship, beat the best of the best, and here we are thrashing the man as consistently as we can. Um, but yeah. I'm going to try to change that as much as I can. Of course, he does say stupid shit as a commentator, but he's a good guy overall, and that's fine. I, I so, like talking shit about these, but I will say this. If there's wrestling going on, which is, happens a lot now, I mean, who better to hear from, really, than, than somebody with his wrestling credentials? Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with that. And he, he deserves the position that he's in, but it's like, we know why you're there. Don't try to step on other people's toes that are there for their reason, right? Yeah, unless he's not the guy in the suit that... No one's never saw a fight in his life until they. Exactly. But here we are in this position where I'm like, Michael Chandler might be similar to DC where I'm like, ah, oh, this fucking guy's not half bad. He's not half bad. He is what we've argued, not against each other, but together this idea of what a mixed martial artist is supposed to be. It's somebody that's doing this from day one. They live the lifestyle. 
And I honestly think Michael Chandler does that. He's very one-sided when it comes to his technical skills, but that doesn't necessarily make him a villain, right? I think the victories he has had in the octagon are deserved. He got those. Dan Hooker being one of them, and that's our guy. It's like, I have to give it to him. Dan was running. Okay? It is what it is. But then there's Corey Sandhagen. It's another documentary on this damn channel called uh, I Will Kill You because Corey Sandhagen got in that mentality of like, no, I'm here to murder you. This is a fight, sure, but I, I'm, I'm going to survive. You won't. I'll do whatever I can to survive. And then Sean Strickland, American Psycho. They talk about how he's not actually a crazy person. Uh, and the last one that I really enjoyed was uh, Downfall. It's the story of Cody Garbrandt. Loved it. Very, uh, I mean, the guy. Remember he brought that cancer dude into the octagon when he won the title? Mm -hmm. Like that type of shit. I don't know. It's deep, man. It's so deep. Because I think there's something in Cody's family, if I remember, somebody, a friend or something also dying from cancer. So he's he's been around this environment a lot. And seeing a man do that who's covered in tattoos and punches dudes in the face for a living, you're like, man, he's not, he's pretty cool. It sucks that he loses so much. It sucks. Because there's these guys that we don't really know about in this sport that could be, like Daniel Cormier being one of them, they could be beautiful faces of this sport. You know, not in the sense that he's handsome, but in the sense of like, this fucking guy brings a different aspect to humanity when it comes to this gladiator type of uh fighting you know that's really what it is and i bet it was not like that back in the actual times of gladiators the guys that were fighting and killing each other were, were just killers they didn't also have a heart and a family <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what i'm realizing from this but it all led me down to a john jones sort of rabbit hole because there's this constant question that we all ask ourselves as mma fans how good is john jones how truly good is he let me give you some stats here, Sam, and I want to get okay. your opinion on how you'd feel about this fighter if you just heard these stats. Would you be a giant fan? Would you think he's a champion? So here we go. John Jones came into the UFC at 7-0 on a pay-per-view. His first UFC fight was a pay-per-view. He won his first two fights in the UFC on pay-per-view via decision. Okay? Then he submitted a guy by the name of Jake O'Brien Okay, in the UFC, and yet his second decision was against Stefan Bonner. Okay, RIP. His first three fights were pay-per-views. Then he had that fight night versus Matt Hamill. Okay, disqualified. Now that was a disqualification mm -hmm, loss. Mm -hmm. He was beating the living shit out of Matt Hamill. Absolutely, but he fucked up. You know what I mean? He just messed up. Of course, that was a dominant, dominant victory, but. The, the, after the losing via disqualification during the Ultimate Fighter Heavyweights finale, because it wasn't a pay-per-view, John Jones went from three pay-per-views to a Ultimate Fighter finale. Okay? He loses to Matt Hamill during the Ultimate Fighter finale after the DQ loss, and then headlines two events and wins, both of them. It was against uh, Matt Yushchenko, right? Vladimir Matyushenko, remember that guy? And Brandon Vera. He won both these fights by TKO. And then every match that he had after that, after those two fights, were pay-per-views. Okay? Matt Hamill was out of the UFC six fighters, six fights later. Out of the UFC six fights later. Matt Hamill. He beat John Jones via disqualification. Six fights later, sayonara. Two fights later from John Jones, it's all pay-per-view. And let me just keep keep this going, okay? Right. Total out of the man's career. Ten knockouts total. Six submission wins. 
and 10 decisions. Okay. His last official finish was against Lyoto Machida at UFC 140, December 10th, 2011. 2011 wow. is John Jones' last finish. Okay. Damn. I didn't realize that. That dude, when I read, when I actually put all this together, I was like, 10 decisions? And you're the great, you're the greatest? You're supposed to be on this pedestal, but you have as many as many decision losses as some of our best female fighters. Decision, decision wins, excuse me, right? Like that's a bizarre stat to look at and be like, oh yeah, he's he's next up. And it brought me to this. Everybody's putting out tweets and articles and being interviewed about, hey, 2023 is coming up in the UFC. What fights do you want to see, Bisbing? And who gives a shit? Yeah. Hey, Sam, you know what fights we want to see? A lot of them. We want to see as many as we can put together. Here's the thing. Our opinion doesn't matter. We don't work mm-hmm. for the UFC. Neither do they. No. Bisbing is not affiliated with the UFC outside of commentating. He doesn't match make. And just because, boy, you can't wait for John Jones's heavyweight fight, it ain't happening, Jack. It ain't. <laughs> I have a feeling we don't see John Jones again for another five years. I'm serious. Because there's nothing scheduled. Well, if that happens, there's, then we, I just, we just won't see him at all. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was also thinking, like, what else could he do? Mm-hmm. And at this point, his his legacy and everything about him is so tarnished that people aren't just going to jump on the bandwagon because he exists still. You know, if he starts a cooking show, they're not going to be like, oh, fuck, John Jones is cooking. It doesn't matter. They already <laughs> don't They bad. already don't like you that your next endeavor isn't going to pay off. It's like all these fighters that are starting podcasts like they're fucking Brendan Schaub. It's not going to work. They're slick and thick. Can I tell you this one? You don't know about this, Sam. This is very fun. Guess who started a podcast? You'll never guess, but it is a fighter that we both know. And I, I would imagine we both think he sucks. Mickey Gall. He's not even oh, a UFC right. fighter anymore. <laughs> and he started a podcast called Slick and Thick. What is Brendan Schaub's original thick. podcast? The Fighter and the Kid. What are you guys doing? Mm. Because no bullshit, Mickey Gall's co-host is this giant fat dude named Gerard. Oh. He's you know, the if thick you have one. a podcast called Slick and Thick, then have Rachel Ostevic on there. So perfect. But- well, it's on Gas Digital Network, so there's a good chance no one's going to ever see it. Nobody gives a fuck about these two guys' uh, opinions on anything. Who are you? Mickey Gall and then his his friend. You're like, why? Do- hey, Mickey Gall has had the same haircut since seventh grade. I mean, do you know anybody that's not a cop still rocking a flat top? No. <laughs> it's fucking weird, bro. He he looks like a kid that's definitely had some uh, older men in secret rooms with him alone. Oh, all right, to say the least, he looks like he's been touched by an angel. <laughs> well, I, I just want to touch on this John Jones uh, thing you're talking about. I remember watching that Mad Hamill fight, and I, I got hyped up for him after that because he destroyed Mad Hamill, and I, and Mad Hamill was made out to be like he was he was really good at that time. Hell of a wrestler. Um, he, was. he was, yeah, a hell of a wrestler. He was, um, he was on an Ultimate Fighter with Bisping. Bisping was jealous because Matt Hamill was getting all of Tito Ortiz's attention, and uh, yeah, I mean they built him up like he was really good, something special. And John Jones has beat the brakes off of him. And not only that, but at the time, you know, we, it had been a while since I was hyped up for a fighter, and you know, Anderson Silva was the man. It was the Spider, back up, punch you, come forward. John Jones had that same kind of lankiness. He threw in some spinning back fists that not too many people threw back then. Now you see him all the fucking time. But, you know, he was he was coming at all angles. He was just something a little different. 
but console. if that's what we know John Jones from, how did he get in a position to have so many fucking decisions? And and Sam, <laughs> those decisions are out of his last like eleven fights. Mm. He's had eight decisions, so his title run was mostly decisions. Now we've made the, I've made the argument argument myself before about. You know, he's fighting tough for competition. It is going to be a lot harder to just simply put them away. But at a certain point, when you think and believe that you're this and, and the organization is backing you on this, that you're the best of the best coming out right now, you should be doing what Conor McGregor did. And John never did that. John never was hyped to the point where he was going in and finished a guy like it was nothing. I've never seen John do that. He dismantles folks. Khabib dismantles folks. But Khabib's more famous than him now, right? Like that's yeah. pretty clear. Which is but wild to think about because at one time Khabib was, I mean, he was like 20 and 0 or something. Uh, nah, he doesn't deserve a chance yet. And see, that that's the reason right there why it's, I don't care for Michael Chandler as much. And it's nothing to do with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler comes in from Bellator on a loss and comes right into the title picture immediately. And somebody like Khabib waiting for years for this man to, to get ranked opponents or, or fighters that people have heard of that this man has to offer. Well, the thing that is also interesting is that he definitely came into the UFC, like you said, way up there with undefeated record, and they give him Michael Johnson. They tried to do the same shit with Ben Askren after we lost Mighty Mouse Johnson. Hey, let's throw him in here right to the Wolves, and he fucking sucked. He barely beat Robbie Lawler and then gets put to sleep by Jorge Masvidal. Like, there was no real matchups there. Had he beat both those guys, you think Ben Askren wasn't going to get the title shot? Oh. Fuck yeah, because that's drama. That's a storyline. They're pushing this guy. Name all of the champions currently, Sam. Who's being promoted? Is Usman still a champ? I've already forgotten. You see what I mean? Like, that's how much they don't give a fuck, but yet they all pretend to live these lavish lives. They don't, Fucking, I don't even know if Nganu is even there anymore. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you. The biggest hype right now is that uh, Pahara guy. Yeah. That's it. As far as I'm concerned, Israel Adesanya is broke. He just lost all his money. We don't believe anything you say now. You're going to try new techniques every time? You got to stop talking after that, man. Once that happens, I would just shut the fuck up and fight. I'm going to let my fight and actually do the talking instead of also talking and then claiming to let my fight do the talking. It's ridiculous. But Sam's got more news here, guys. He really does. There's a lot of shit that's happened uh, in these two weeks. Well, first I want to talk about, because it came up again today, uh, Dana White with the video that got out. And, and this is what irks me about this, is every headline you see, Dana White slaps his wife. You read the article. And they mentioned USA Today, Dana White needs to be fired. He slapped his wife. You read the article, it doesn't mention a, a fucking thing about what happened. His wife smacked him. He smacked her back. Yes, you don't smack a woman. The USA Today is a type of a paper that would, uh, one minute, women should be treated as equals. They can do everything a man can do, but better. And the next minute, fire Dana White. He slapped his wife. No explanation. If you read the article... You would be like, what a piece of shit. He slapped his wife for no reason. And what an asshole. Which, no, you don't put your hands on a woman. You don't do it. Dana White's saying it himself. But there was a little more involved than he just slapped his wife out of the blue for no fucking reason in front of everybody. He got the shit smacked out of him. And he retaliated. I think it was almost a reactionary measure. Cause he... But anyway, man, it, it's funny. It just happens to come along right when he's, his slap league is about to come out. And first, people are saying, TBS, they're done with the slap league. They're not going to have it. Hours later, oh, it's only being delayed a week. I think what happened, I mean, I could be wrong. Don't sue me if I'm wrong. But I think TBS is like, you know what? We're fucking done. Slap league ain't happening. Dana White was like, okay, 
we're going to sue the shit out of you. All the contracts are signed, fucking T's are dotted. And they were like, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just uh, push it back a week. Maybe everybody forget about this shit by now. I agree. I think that's the plan. I think it's either that or they chose to go with TBS and other people wanted it. So they had options. TBS wants to pull out. We're still going to get it out somewhere. You're lucky to have it. What else does TBS have to offer? Justified? I thought that show has been gone for years, right? Country music, whatever, fucking awards. That's about it. You get some Dana White shit on there, get some violence on there. The shit blossoms. Your, your goddamn channel grows, whatever. It's just a weird situation because we know Dana White has never looked like this before. You're 50 years old and getting Jack Joe Rogan. What are you doing? You're telling me that's not TRT? That's not steroids? The man's not an athlete. He has no reason to not do steroids. And Sam says that's reactionary. Yeah, that's what steroids and TRT does. It reacts. And that's exactly what happened there. Other thing is, is much like Sam said, women are supposed to be treated equal. She threw the first shot, as far as I'm concerned. Ding, ding. Okay? You set yourself up. And it's such bullshit that they can get away with it. The fact that nobody's talking about... All these women that are so willing to put their hands on their man and not expect some sort of retaliation because you you can't use your words. You can't. Right. That's what they'd say to you, Sam. That's what they'd say to me. I'm not even saying any of this. What I'm really saying is they they, they left it out of the article on purpose to not give everybody the facts to make him look worse than what he was. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? But it's also an organization where real females punch each other in the fucking face and kick each other in the pussy. And we're supposed to be like, (gasps) Oh, no. She knew who she married. She knows what sport he loves. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. And also, can I just say something about her smack, dude? Beautiful technique. Beautiful technique. That woman throws strikes for sure. She trains some at some gym somewhere because that was a clean smack. That was a smack less of a slap sounding, but more of a thud. She thudded that bald ass head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, some a reporter asked him today what will be his repercussions of that happening and he was like, I don't know what, you know, it shouldn't be up to him to decide any fucking way, but he was like, oh, there are no repercussions. Repercussions are, I'm a look, I look bad in public. But other than that, I have to be around for my fighters. If I take off, then my fighters suffer. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? But anyway, he's like, yeah, I could have just walked away from all this in 2016. I didn't. I want the best for the fighters. But uh, yeah, I don't know where the, what the fuck he was even talking about. He just not even answered the fucking question because, you know, all the... The, the shit right now is a fighter pay, fighter pay, fighter pay, where he's he's getting a fortune and the fighters, you know, they're getting very little. But, you know, hey, be a star then, you know, be a star. I bet Michael Chandler's paychecks are fine. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure Daniel Cormier and Bisbing are doing well. Paul Felder's still coming back. You know what I mean? These guys are getting paid well enough. Yeah. Otherwise, do fucking something else. You know what? These guys are complaining about the pay like Brendan Schaub. He seems to be doing well. Join the podcast game, folks. <laughs> Unfortunately, don't leave it to the judges. Won't be available because that's our name. Um, that's right. Hey, Phil Baroni, you want to uh, speak on yeah, that, man? Definitely. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, his, his girlfriend told him that she fucked another guy, so he demanded she take a shower, and uh, she refused. So he took her and threw her into the shower and apparently threw her where her head hit the wall. Then she came out, and this is according to him, she came out, Got laid down on a couch. He wrapped a towel around her, went to the store for like cigarettes or something. Came back, she was dead. Jesus Christ, you know. I think he might have nailed it on the head before he said steroids. <laughs> yeah, there's that That man has uh, long been a steroid-bodied fella. 
you know, where it's like people would look at him and be like, well, he certainly doesn't look like he's not on steroids. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is back in pride days. This is back when fucking Alistair Overeem became Uberim. They're passing this shit around the locker room, guy. You think Phil Baroni's not going to take a taste? He wasn't doing well anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he did all those steroids and shit and still lost dramatically quite a few times. I remember, what was it? Chuck Liddell put him to sleep pretty badly, I believe. And then several other guys after that. Yeah, he was, a lot of people. <laughs> he was just, he was a character. You know, he was a guy that came in wearing a leather jacket and had a goatee, fucking looked like he rode a motorcycle and smoked cigars. And you're like, we needed those guys back then, the Dan Severns, you know what I mean? These men, these guys that'll fucking beat you up in their underwear. <laughs> you know, that's what Phil Baroni came into. And then he's like, well, I got to get fucking huge because I don't actually know how to fight. Now, have you heard anything about uh, Rose, the former champion, Rose Namalamus? No, I haven't. Was there something okay. out there? What's the rumor? Uh, she went and, uh, went and had one of those grappling events against Jillian Robertson. And got fucking choked out. Wow. Julian Robertson. Yep. Julian Robertson choked her out. Choked out Rose. I like it. I like it. As she should have. Rose doesn't belong there. She's a striker. 65 seconds. Oh, (laughs) God. It's like, what did I... I mean, when that's how fast the match goes, you wonder why you even dressed up. Yeah. (laughs) Why even put the gi on? Man. Now, one last thing I want to lose-wise is... uh, Jake Paul signs a deal with the PFL. Man, I don't know what's eventually what's what's gonna the result of all this is gonna be. Are they actually gonna put him up against an opponent? That's that. Are they gonna bring try to sign their version of the cameraman? Have Michael Jackson come out the guy holding the camera for PFL and fight Jake Paul? What's gonna happen? We'll we'll just have to wait oh, and see. Here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> He's probably gonna fight three dudes that are very. Similar in in uh, experience as Jake Paul. He's going to hit those three. He's going to finish them quickly. He's going to leave the PFL and get his UFC contract. It, that's Because otherwise, Dana White would have took him. If they knew that Jake was interested in being an MMA fighter, the UFC would have taken For sure. We got Patty Pimblett, guy. You know what I mean? And that took fucking a decade. <laughs> you know? Jake has already proven to us he'll fight anyone. And he will make it a fight. So you can't be mad at him. You can't be mad at the fact that the guy is doing what he's doing. He's He was a joke. He was. He was. And he's proven everyone wrong. Everybody. All those idiots. I bet Ariel Hawani was like, wow, Jake Paul's in trouble with Tyron Woodley. Uh, we thought you knew MMA, Ariel. You know what I mean? If he really knew MMA the way that you and I do, not saying that we're better, but we do know it at least well enough to be like, Tyron Woodley hasn't won in the UFC. You think he's going to win in a boxing match? Get the fuck out of here. Put your money somewhere else. That's insane. Or Ben Askren. I bet Ariel was like, well, he's an MMA guy. Yes, he's a wrestler, but if Ben really works on his body. No, he's losing. The end. That's all you can say. There's nothing extra. There's nothing to add. The end. So we, we do, and we all did go that way. Of course, we would have loved to have seen Tyron do something. Well, I was going to say, we, being fans of MMA, we don't want to see a, a newcomer of any kind with no experience come in and, and, and beat people straight out of the UFC. We prefer not that not to happen. But. I mean, real MMA fans, real beat. MMA fans, uh, especially UFC watchers, didn't like Conor McGregor. The people that liked Conor when he first came on the scene were fucking casual fans. 
And you're like, oh, look at this, a villain, right? Whereas you and me, definitely me, I was like, well, fuck this guy. He's beating essentially nobody. And then you see the Jose Aldo, Eddie Alvarez. That's I was going for both of those guys, Jose and fucking Eddie. And then you're like, whoops. So they were right. So we can all be wrong. But when it comes to boxing this Jake Paul kid at this point, you have to – I mean, he gets it. <laughs> I saw some training clips of him and uh, Jorge Masvidal doing that weird like slide two-step punch that he does. Jorge has this really weird – like it's almost Ali-esque. Like the way Ali would move his feet when he would strike. And he was teaching Jake how to do it. It was real ugly. He wasn't doing it well at all. But I'd like to see it, man. I'd like to see how he can withstand a head kick. Uh, withstand three rounds of fucking leg kicks. Uh, his wrestling game. You know what I mean? Because here's where I feel he, he, he messed up. If we're going to be true to the fact of MMA. Where Jake Paul messed up, it wasn't boxing. It was only boxing, right? That's the thing that that's going to fuck him up in his MMA career is only boxing. Because, buddy, nobody, nobody who only boxed does well in MMA because they can't wrestle at all. And when you can't wrestle, you are in trouble. In any fight, street fight, real, you know, real fights in a bar, if you cannot wrestle, you are fucking ruined. Yeah. Just because you could punch that fucking weird machine at the arcade really hard doesn't mean you're a good fighter. Okay, if you can't keep your fucking legs under you, you're done. So unless you're one of these assholes, it's like, no, all my punches come from my fucking arms. You don't know how to fight either. You know what I mean? You need your legs for that power guy. So Jake's going to have to really start pounding in the wrestling if he's going to be successful in any facet or they're going to put him up against guys that are just strikers, guys that will not wrestle you. The first time he is, yeah. he's up against a uh, jujitsu guy or a wrestler, he's done. Guaranteed. Put your money where your mouth is, Yanni. Guaranteed. Jake loses. Yeah, I think they'll hold off as long as they can, but we'll see. So dude, I like, let's get into I like, this card. You know, it's going to be interesting because it's a million-dollar goofy tournament shit, but it's like he's. that's the thing that you have to look at too is I don't know how they're going to get tomato cans for this situation. These are guys that you're potentially giving a million dollars to. You yeah. want them to beat the guy who already has money or you just don't like, right? So you're going to set them up like – he doesn't need the million. So why did Jake go to PFL in the first place? He had no other choice. What, is he going to go to Japan and fight in one? Bellator, I guess. Is that even still around? Right. I hear nothing about Bellator. Yeah, they just announced a, a tournament. Seems like Scott Coker is always having some. Well, he's the only one. That's the only way they stick around. I just wish they would do it in one night. Fight again. Old pride style. You got to fight twice in a night, bitch. If you win. Two, three, yeah. If you lose, it's just a one fight and you go home. Imagine fight. I think that was a, a Merkel Krokop was in shit like that. Heavyweight Grand Prix in Pride. Like you got to fight multiple times in a night. Fucking nose broke what you won. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> How I do like I fix my one night tournaments? They were there. I loved it. But the difference is, is you got fucking Bellator and you're like, okay, that guy's 10 and seven. <laughs> How'd he get to your tournament, dude? So, man, yeah, let's run down this card, man. Uh, back at Apex and we have fucking Strickland headlining the card. The guy that was just in the main event of the last card, now he's in the main event. You know, it's the last card, the end of the year. He's in the main event of the the card starting the year. Pretty pretty wild. You know, not much notice, but not much notice, not much care. Yeah, um, for me. And this proves what you said in the past. I believe you said it went about Kevin Holland when he lost 
to uh, Derek Brunson. They wanted him to win. They're giving him a chance to come back quickly, a quick turnaround to uh, mm-hmm. to kind of redeem himself, to get back, put his face back out there after a loss and try to give him an opportunity to get a, a quick win. And it's the fight game. In the fight game, much much like our guesses, their guesses are the same where it's like, I don't know. I believe Kevin can take this fight and beat this guy. I hope so. But then when it goes the opposite way, the plans are all fucked. It's all messed up now. We need a conference on Dana's private jet. Dude, Jimmy Flick is back on this card against Charles Johnson. Jimmy Flick, he was the guy that was on the Contender Series, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go uh, go to Build-A-Bear Workshop with my daughter tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he fucking just straight up retired. So he was going to spend time with his family. Well, guess what? His wife's left him. They've split up, whatever. Back into fighting a couple of years later. Jimmy flicked the brick. Did, did his wife tell him to quit MMA? I don't know. would <laughs> be real upset then. She's like, it's just so violent, honey. Also, I'm fucking the neighbor. <laughs> hey, well, what? Uh, Sarge, right. Sarge Eubanks is starting this card off. Uh, dude, she's fucking seven and seven. What are they going to do when she loses this fight? Are they going to... Her next fight... They're not even going to mention her record probably in this fight. Yeah, they'll be like, she has the highest uh, takedown defense. Of- <laughs> <laughs> she's lost three of her last four. She's 37 years old. Uh, she's fighting Priscilla Cashera. Cashera, seven knockout wins. She has been subbed twice. Sarge has not subbed anybody, so that's not happening. I mean, the UFC might as well sign Jay Ellis and have him fucking fight. At least it's someone to laugh about. Someone that Michael Jackson may have a chance, but probably not. He'd probably still lose. It'd probably be a long, arduous fight. Just you know, 25 minutes. Fucking make it a co-main event. Make it a main event. Fuck it. For a title. BMF. This is a uh, next fight middleweight belt. Claudio Ribeiro was Abdul Razak Alhansen. Uh, Claudio is all 10 of his wins via knockout. All right, he's, he's uh, won his last six, but this is his UFC debut. He's uh, Abdul, 37 years old, man. He's lost four of his last five. All right. September 2018, this guy, he was 10 and 0. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. July, he did. He was, was ten and one at the time. He fucking uh, he was gone from then until July twenty twenty, and then he come back and lost four of his last five. All of his eleven wins are by knockout. So both of these guys, all of their wins are by knockout. Someone's getting knocked out on this. You would you would think. Let me ask you this, uh, Claudio. What other stuff has he done? Like in the in the UFC, has he fought other dudes in the UFC? Does he have UFC no, experience? He's coming off the uh, Contender Series. Okay, so that could be his only downfall mm-hmm. when it, with the Slugfest. Is this being so new to him? Being in the uh, octagon, if you will. Yeah, he knocked a guy out in 25 seconds. On the- I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's what Dana White wanted, right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so this next bout, man, is Bantamweight bout. Dude, this, this should be a pretty good fucking fight here. And Umar... Normagomedov, uh, Roni Barcelos, Normagomedov, eight knockouts, two submissions. Uh, actually, he he. This guy's a cousin. Of, uh, I was reading the stats for uh, for Barcelos <laughs> just now. Normagomedov, he he's the cousin of Khabib. He's undefeated. He's got seven submission wins, and he's three and zero in the UFC. 
Uh, Brasello, 17 and 3. Now, this guy, you know, eight knockouts, two submissions, seven decision wins. And he did outpoint uh, said Normaga Madoff in 2019, but he has lost two of his last three. Well, I will say this expect, uh, expect wrestling. You know, expect a wrestling match. This Nurmagomedov, he's definitely, he's with all of that. He has no problem with it. In fact, I think uh, that's going to be the only problem here. Because uh, Barcelos, he's very much a stand-up. He wants to he wants to slug it out. And I think he's going to be a little bit undersized. All right, this, yeah, I, I agree with your, what you're saying. All of those guys, and those Khabib clones, yeah, come with, in uh, over there like world-class fucking wrestling. Yeah, it's a weird camp to go through, but this is this kind of goes back to the Jake Paul thing I was saying. Had he started with wrestling as like his foundation, he would be much more of a threat today as far as MMA is concerned. But just because you can knock guys out doesn't guarantee you success in MMA. It just doesn't. All right, next uh, Bantamweight bout, uh, Ketlin Vieira. This is Raquel, Raquel Pennington. Oh, my God, still around. Still around. And, and the crazy thing is, She's actually not doing too bad. She's she's won her I last hate four. It. I hate it. <laughs> I she's know, won her man. last four. And even though her you know her record is fourteen and eight. I mean she was ten and eight not that long ago. Now she's yeah. fourteen and eight. She's thirty four. And uh, I mean she's always seems to be in a fight. Yeah. I mean she's I, I've never seen her get like destroyed immediately. I mean uh, uh, Nunez did knock her out, but it was in the fifth round. I mean, yeah. she's usually in for a fight. Even when she loses a lot, usually is a little bit of a fight to see. But Ketlin, Ketlin is one. Uh, she's she's one of three of her last four. She's thirteen and two. Her last two opponents, she beat Misha Tate, Holly Holm. Now imagine a couple years ago, that would be like she'd be she yeah. this lady be a fucking superstar. That'd be huge, dude. <laughs> that would be like. I mean, it was like Cannoneer versus Silva. If it was <laughs> yeah. five years ago, buddy, you'd be right in there. Should be a household fucking name. You'd be like Chris That's Weidman. They'd show you every time you're in the fucking audience. Yep. But, That's the only but, reason people know him. Yeah. Oh, he also broke his own leg. Fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but I do want to say about this fight, Raquel Pennington. Of course, I've given Raquel a lot of shit. And perhaps that might have put, you know, put some fire under her ass. And she started really working and doing what she's supposed to do because she is a household name as far as the female divisions are concerned. When you sign that contract to fight this woman, you're in for a fight. You're going, you're probably going three rounds and they're going to be hard. <laughs> they're going to be hard. Raquel is a uh, brawler, still is a brawler. And uh, it's not going to make for the most successful career, but it is going to make you memorable. People are going to remember that you went in there and you fucking gave it your all. You got knocked down, you got back up. All those things are very important. But I think Ketlin is honestly more versatile. She has more weapons more things that she can use to defeat Raquel, but Raquel is not easy. You know what I mean? She's not an easy yeah. one to get out of there. So this is a real test for Ketlin, and we'll see. You know, if if Raquel pulls it off, though, boy, that's a push. You got to yeah. push. You have to because she's a name, and they so desperately need another name. You yeah. know what I mean? They you need you just make it like, she's, wow, she's on the comeback trail. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Oh, right. this guy, this – uh Puna, Puna Heli or whatever, Soriano. Mm -hmm. That was the guy that I couldn't remember his name that went to like the troops and all whatever, giving food and toys oh, okay. to kids. Yeah. I was like, this guy, a guy who nobody really even knows is giving me toys. Oh, great. He is a UFC fighter. Fine. <laughs> So's Ben Askren. Where's he? I know who, who, you know what I mean? Like, I know what he looks like. Um, but yeah, this nine and two versus a Roman uh, 
Kapilov, right? Mm-hmm. Both nine and two, dude. Interesting. Both guys kind of on the come up. Of course, I'm just talking shit about Soriano because, you know, what a weird thing. Bring the actual stars out. Where's Uriah Faber? Um, he's a tough fight. You know, uh, Soriano's done some things in in his recent several fights where I'm very surprised. Uh, he's got a, he's tenacious. You know, he's not willing to back down. It's very Sean Strickland-like. Um, I just need more improvement. I need him to be more versatile. Show me something else. Throw some head kicks, some leg kicks in there. Maybe some grappling, a clinch up, do something like that. Because homie, on the other end, Kapilov is going to be a problem. He's coming after you. He's he's going to take you down. He's going to hit you hard. And this is a this is one of the, this is the card, like many cards, not being a pay per view, that's going to push the next guy. And this is that fight for both of these men. Kapilov, Soriano, whoever comes out on top is going to have a much harder fight after this. I promise. So, all right, I'm going um, give, and uh, I think uh, Serrano is going to take this fight. And I'll say this because, all right, Serrano, uh, he's 9-2, and two, okay? There's two fights he lost. One was Brendan Allen. That was the decision. He lost that. The next one, uh, Nick Maximov, that went to a split decision. I watched that fight. I thought he won that fight. Yeah. You can't leave it to the judges, folks. But, yeah. you know, I thought he won that fight. And then uh, I think he didn't want to leave it in no judges' hands after that. Uh, Dolce, uh, he knocked him out in the second round. This Kapilov, when when I look at his his record and I look at the people he's beaten, you got like Jacob Ortiz and uh, the uh, Lisa the the Cherico guy that everybody's beaten, and I just really don't see any, any names he's beaten that's been that great. Now hey, I do, right. I do see he's lost to Carl Roberson, which that guy sucks. That, that's that's be like yeah. a basketball team, and you're like. Okay, we're gonna vote him into the to the NCAA tournament. Let's go, Lord. They had good wins over UNC. They beaten Duke, but uh, oh man, they got that one loss to the fucking VMI or something. They, they, this is why I see with this Carl Roberson loss. It stands out to me. We, I mean, we we feel the same way about a couple different guys. When you lose to that guy, ugh, hard to stay on your team, then guy. When you yeah. lost to him, there you go. But I, I don't know, man. I think this is a this is a wonderful test for both guys. Maybe we'll get to see something more out of Soriano. Maybe there is that you know live free, die hard type of tactic where he's going in there to fucking die. Corey Sanhagen, you know, you have to take me out. He's a tough kid, man. Since the first moment he came on the scene, he's been one of these guys you watch. You just watch him fight. It doesn't matter who he's fighting. It's it's he's in there, and that's what I like about these guys, these young cats that are coming in. It's like once they find their footing. All you need to do is keep improving. You know, once you get that first win under your belt, that second win under your belt, take a loss, you continue to improve. And I think that's going to be, that's going to change MMA in itself is these guys' willingness to keep getting better. You know, because John Jones was talking about that when he was 22 years old, like every day, just new techniques, learning new stuff. And some of these guys just don't, Phil Baroni. Um, <laughs> next up, though, we do have the co main event. Wonderful matchup. This is very Man, fun. Now this, I don't know who's going to win this one. Now this is too hard to pick. Thank God we don't have to. Uh, Dan Ige, who's 15 and six. I mean, 50K Ige. Here, that's not his actual nickname, but people are calling him this now. And all other fighters are, are hating, not even just fighters, but commentators, other people involved in the UFC are hating these guys that are calling for the bonus. They're hating it. And when your nickname's 50K, <sighs> Sounds like it's in your name, dude. Yeah, well. uh, but he's fighting Damon Jackson, man. And this guy, this is one of those guys that if he was to be a champion, it would also have a major effect on the sport of mixed martial arts. 
because he comes across 100% dedicated to this craft. He lives this life, but he's so fucking quiet. He doesn't say shit. There's no emotion on the man's face. And that's Fedor Emelianenko style, man. That's what I see. I see a guy who is so well-rounded, so talented. There's no fear. There's no intimidation. There's, hey, man, I have so many skills. Put me in a compromising position and watch me be successful, right? That's going to be the fun part about Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson is Dan Ige has no problem putting you in some tough positions. You know what I mean? The dude hits so fucking hard. He's lightning fast. And... I think what's really going to – the telling the telltale part about this fight is going to be second and third round. If you see those rounds, Damon Jackson shines. So, yeah, man, this fight, this is a tough one because Dan Ike, he's been a little bit of a loser. He's lost his last three, four of his last five. But those guys are Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, uh, Elov. I mean, these are guys that people don't beat. Yeah, really. These, these are tough guys, you know. He burst on the scene to me. That's how I see it. I saw Danny Gay just come out of nowhere. And he also stone-faced, just a killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? In your face, always there. I, I like him, man. I didn't like him in the beginning. And when we first saw him burst on the scene, I was like, kind of skeptical. Would he come from the fucking uh, alpha male, whatever bullshit? And then you're like, okay, well, he's pretty well-rounded. And he's he's never been finished. All, all of six of his losses, decision losses. Uh, is this guy going to get back on track? He could. Does he have the power? Could he knock out Damon Jackson? Damon Jackson, he has been knocked out four times in his in his team. He's been knocked out three times in his career. Does he have the ability? Maybe. Damon Jackson, 50 wins, four knockout wins. This guy's been on a roll. He's won his last four. Dude, this is going to be a good fight. And, you know, he does have a... He's 5'11", where Ige's 5'7". And he's one of those guys I talk about that, that like, used their... Their fucking uh, height to their advantage. To yes. Uh, so this, yeah, this is going to be a good fight. This, I'd almost rather this, I mean, I wouldn't say this would be the main fucking event, but this to me is a main event. You know what I find really interesting, just to be a little humorous here, is when you say the name Damon Jackson, there's a good chance that most people don't even think this is a white guy. <laughs> You know what I mean? What do you play cornerback for the Eagles or some shit? Damon Jackson fucking enters. This is a, but what makes it even funnier, Sam, is when you do see his face, you're like, oh, that's the most white guy. (laughs) That's the most looking white guy. And he's dangerous. And what's so crazy about him, too, is this is a guy you would see mowing his lawn and have no fucking idea he could take your head. You know what I mean? Like he's just a regular looking guy, regular looking guy. Both these guys, stone face killers. This is a great co-main event for to bring us back into fighting. I'll say that. All right, and then next to main event, Sean Strickland again, <laughs> Nazardim. I'll uh, probably fuck up his last name. Amav. Imavov. 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 Nazardim. Can I just say this? From Remember how Sean Strickland's known for goading his opponents? Mm-hmm. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Whatever, right? Yeah, because he's. he's- He's it's not going to be able to do it country. saying Nazardine. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nazardine. Uh, so you notice I get that Nazardine right, but then I fuck up the little last name. Yeah, because it doesn't. It's not a thing at all. Nazardine sounds like a thing. Could be a wine. Last part doesn't make any sense. Just a bunch of letters smashed together. Uh, but yeah, he's fighting Sean Strickland. He's twenty-five and five. Uh, Nazardine, 12 and three, but the kid, dude, I mean, is this who Sean thinks he's going to come back against and do very well? 
This guy's a problem. <laughs> Nazarene, okay. he's won nine of his last ten fights. What's the plan here? That's they're gonna fuck it up again, uh, Sam. They're gonna end up putting Sean in a situation where they oh, gotta. Oh, he'll him. be in a bad situation. He loses. This is terrible. He'll drop out of people's minds losing because not only yeah. did he lose his last fight, but it was a lame fight. Very lame. Not not a lot of action. This guy is a fucking uh, counter puncher. He relies on people swinging for him. He yep. sits back in the pocket and waits, which doesn't work against everybody, like we saw against the champ Fiera. But, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying I don't know what his other options were to take a quick fight, a quick turnaround <laughs> yeah. fight. But boy, what a challenge this is gonna yeah. be. Yeah, Nazarene. I mean, John's tough, around. dude. He's tough. He seems to he seems to be absolutely relentless. But when you're in a position where uh, the guy you're fighting is also sort of relentless. He's got a fucking chin. It could go either way, man. Who's going to, again, this is a, a second, third round fight. I believe I think this goes a little while and whoever can get tired, you know, or learn about their opponent. The fastest is going to have the better chance, man. It would be cool to see Sean do something other than what we've seen him do. Yeah. I'd like to see him switch it up, man. Get nasty. No. He, he is the best wrestler in the division. <laughs> Let's see some of those, Justin Of course, Gage. if he loses this, that'll be three in a row with his last win. Was a split decision win. So, I mean, yeah, man, he's got to pull this off. It's tough to keep giving you the main event guy. Yeah. You get main event money? Doesn't make any sense. But I am excited to be back, dude. I'm happy to finally have fights again, something to do on a Saturday. You know, hopefully they're good fights. But here's the thing. I have underlying theory that maybe – at least one of these fights ends via broken leg, eye poke, you know, some disqualification. Something fucked up is going to happen on this card, dude. And that's my prediction for uh, the sake of predictions we used to do, you know? Yeah. Folks, don't leave to the judges. Right. Never. <laughs> Find it. iTunes, Spotify. Fucking hit the show notes, guys. We, I wish we could promote the ESPN thing, but unfortunately yeah. that's yeah, nowhere. That shit blows, man. I, don't, I know, ever, but use our uh, use our promo code for manscaped.com. Get your expertise. <laughs> yeah, shave your ball, whatever. Yeah, shave something, <laughs> you hairy bastards. All right, we're out of here. Goodbye.